Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Alex, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? <laughs> Good. Awesome. It's, it's funny because Dave got a text, I got an email, and we also got a thank you. We also got a piece of paper slipped into the booth to call you at your actual proper number, and we didn't <laughs> even call it. So it's, uh, called, it's called information overload. So th- that's exactly. right. So make sure you don't tell Nancy Mathis that uh, that we totally bombed the beginning of this <laughs> okay, interview. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, and this is all being recorded, so people will know what we did. And, and just and we are members, as you know, as, uh, you may know, as the, of the Wallace McCain Institute. So you you realize who you're dealing with on a regular basis, Alex. So, so you're part of the cult, then. We well, are. We yes. Are. Yeah. I'm in. Uh, I, I'm I'm in season two, and uh, Dave is in season. four. Four, five, five, yeah, five. Okay, ELP five. Yeah, five. See, you're, you're with. Uh, I don't know. Two. Crystal Trevers was in your group then. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's yeah. she's she's with one of the one of the most prolific cohorts out there. Yeah. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. And so, uh, in fact, uh, they had a reception here in Charlton last night. So. Oh, oh cool! Great. Excellent. Well, Alex, what, listen, we're we're right into this. So, if you don't mind, can, like I've, I I I can make a very robust introduction for you, but. Um, let's let Greg start. Let's, let's let, let Greg, Greg try. Start. Let's let him try. Um, well, how about this? I will start just with the WMI. So the Wallace McCain Institute, which Dave and I are both part of. Uh, our current guest today, Alex uh, McBeath, is actually our chair uh, of the Wallace McCain Institute, following from Francis McGuire. Um, so, uh, Alex, you've got a really fun uh, fun act to follow up on, and uh, I'm really excited to to know that you've you've jumped into this uh, into this uh, awesome family of entrepreneurs. So, welcome to the boiling point, and please uh, do us a favor and give us a, a, an introduction all the way from Prince Edward Island. Uh, well, an introduction to uh, myself and my my very quickly in my career. Uh, I am an accountant uh, that started life as a biologist. Uh, was with a firm called Grant Thornton for 35 years. Uh, ended up uh, being CEO of Grant Thornton for Canada for eight years, for 2001 to 2008. Uh, planned to retire at that point. Asked to go to uh, London, England as part of the global management team, so spent four years there. Uh, retired back to PEI in uh, 2013 or so, and uh, having this wonderful second career. Which is? Well, I, I uh, came back to PEI, spent a year building a house to uh, think and, and sort it out, and uh, focused on uh, two broad areas, actually. I'm very involved in healthcare and very involved in the whole space of entrepreneurship and, and startups. Wow. Uh, so that is how part of my involvement and interest in economic development uh, and ec- economic rejuvenation, uh, uh, I became involved in a number of things, one of which was the Wallace McCain Institute and the reputation that it had, uh, particularly in New Brunswick, and a, a desire to bring Wallace McCain uh, to PEI and expand our, our scope, our membership, our sponsor level here on the island. And, and, and Alice, for the sake of our, our listeners, Dave and I have talked a lot about the Wallace McCain Institute, but I'd love to hear from, from your perspective. If Just assume nobody has heard of the Wallace McCain Institute. We've got listeners all over uh, the world, in fact, that listen to this podcast. Why don't you give our listeners a rundown of what it is that you're chairing right now? 
Well, uh, the the Wallace McCain Institute uh, is uh, just uh, celebrating its 10th anniversary. Uh, started with uh, an endowment from uh, Wallace McCain, who was one of the two brother uh, founders of McCain Foods, which are of course known around the world. It is an institute of the the university and associated with the University of New Brunswick. And it has a, a broad mandate to catalyze and support and help drive entrepreneurial activity in Atlantic Canada is the, is the broad term. The, the, the first 10 years uh, has been focused on, on entrepreneurial leadership development, I, I might frame it. And you can think of that in a couple of ways. Uh, one is, is the, the, the lonely CEO, uh, the, the CEO there who has uh, kind of at a point that they uh, want to go further, uh, but they may not have all of the supports and the infrastructure and the board of directors around them. So if you if you think of the continuum of entrepreneurial companies at, at the at the startup end, there's all kinds of activity there. There's government money support there. There's programs and incubators, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, at the other end, when you get into mature companies, uh, they have the infrastructure, the internal uh, capacity uh, to make decisions and to uh, to drive forward. In between, there's a whole range of companies that uh, have been successful. They have had market traction, and they want to, to uh, now take the next step, whether it be to expand uh, their, their product line, expand their facilities, look to new markets, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I, so I sometimes described as, as that lonely CEO that does not have other people around them. So, so it is a, uh, it is a peer-based, uh, leadership development program. Uh, they offer three, the Institute offers three broad programs. One is, uh, for CEOs called the, uh, it's a signature program, uh, the, uh, entrepreneurial leadership program operates and is a, is a pretty strong commitment on behalf of the CEOs. It is almost as hard to get into as Harvard Business School. Uh, there are four, approximately 400 CEOs nominated across Atlantic Canada each year. There are about narrowed down to about 60 uh, who go through an interview process. And then for the first nine years, 16 selected. Uh, this year, uh, we doubled that or almost doubled that to 28. And those 28 CEOs uh, commit to spending uh, two days uh, a month for one year uh, in a, uh, in a um, uh, facility uh, that, is, uh, that is focused, uh, for, they're there for the whole off-site type of facility. So that's, that's program number one in the signature program. The second program they offer is, uh, is called 2IC, and that is for those second-in-command in an entrepreneurial business where you've got this crazy owner <laughs> that's doing all sorts of things, driving forward, and the 2IC is, uh, is either picking up the pieces or trying to uh, help steer the ship and facing some unique challenges in, in that role, particularly in an entrepreneurial environment. And so it's a, it's, it's a 2IC program. And the third program is called ECHO, and that is for uh, the children of, uh, of uh, family businesses, the next generation who are now moving into management roles and uh, may want to get some advice, some development, some surround themselves with some people besides uh, maybe mom or dad. So those are the, those are the signature, uh, three signature programs. And uh, uh, we, uh, it's the 10th cohort of the ELP program running right now. I think there's seven cohorts been run of the 2IC and three of the uh, ECHO. 
Well, it's, it's, it's funny that uh, you mentioned the 2IC and the crazy CEO and uh, the uh, second-in-command trying to pick up the stops. Because <laughs> Dave was pointing at me and laughing as you were saying <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, I actually had my, my 2IC take the program in my yes, year, in, in the yeah. second year. An entrepreneurial environment is a, is a very unique environment, as you, as you would know. And, and so you have uh, these, uh, the CEOs, first of all, that have all of these ideas. I mean, the, the reason why they're CEOs is because they're driven, because they have uh, a passion for a particular business or area. And uh, they are looking for support, assistance, advice, and how to keep driving forward. And that's the essence of the ELP program, and the two ICs are are, are trying to bring them in. <laughs> and what's interesting is a lot of the of the uh, members of the two IC program have actually been nominated by the, the by their CEOs, so that uh, they uh, they uh, are getting this development and talking the same language. Then now, and you know, it's it's such an interesting process. And you mentioned. Earlier, you, you joked. You said that you, you guys are part of the cult. So, so Greg is with ELP, or he calls it season two. Well, I, I'm, just, yeah. I'm seeing it as a, as a reality TV show, right? It's, <laughs> it's season two, and I and I'm with ELP five or season, season five. five. Um, but there, 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 ha- we, you know, there is this notion that sometimes our, our life partners, in my case, my wife would say, you know, it seems a bit cultish, but t- tell us why you, you 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 use that particular word to describe being what we're well, part of. Well, if you talk to uh, many of the CEOs that have been through the program, uh, you hear terms like life-changing, uh, the best thing that ever happened to me, I don't know what I would have done without it, etc. And, uh, and when you join uh, the, the cohort and the current cohorts in place right now, as part of that, they commit to staying together. Uh, and of the first nine cohorts that have gone through and have graduated, uh, eight have remained together uh, ever since, and they uh, meet four times a year uh, and remain uh, business colleagues, business advisors, and, and, and friends. And when, and as you've been experiencing it or have experienced it, it is a peer-based program. Uh, there is a complete cloak of, uh, of uh, confidentiality, and it is uh, it gets to the real heart of some of the issues that that uh, these CEOs are facing or these two ICs are facing, and it may be a business decision, but uh, all these business decisions are always in context, and so there's a context of the of uh, where they are in the in the community, the importance of that business to the community, and do they want to take risks, or how do they do best do that in the context of family? Maybe it's a family business. Uh, in the context of of spouse and 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 children, so uh, it 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 allows a, a very open, very confidential uh, discussion uh, in in looking at the entire context of the decision or the situation that a CEO finds himself in. And if you spend a year in that sort of environment, really opening up to uh, to uh, uh, fifteen or sixteen other people, uh, you become very close. And uh, through that, you 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 I think. Uh, CEOs will tell me they get to know the other people in the program so well that they feel so attached to them, so committed to them, that it almost does, uh, uh, it, we joke about it, but it almost takes on this, this, uh, this cult-like environment that they, are, that they are absolutely committed to remaining together and supporting each other. And it becomes, in many ways, uh, a, an informal uh, board of directors. So they will, they will often contact uh, members in the cohort long after they've uh, graduated to ask for advice or to uh, talk through a problem and that sort of thing. 
I was just gonna I was gonna add to that. I was just gonna say, um, yeah, I really well, great description. Like it was almost like you're, you're you've been in one of these uh, programs yourself, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Good job, um, Alex. Yeah, because you you touched on all the points. Um, so you've been you know you clearly understand understand it, and, and I think there's something just to be said for. Um, you know the you know this kind of and I I mean I would I appreciate it I was actually I I was a, a, a presenter a speaker for a number of cohorts yeah. before yeah. I got involved and uh, and I did notice this kind of really this colle- very collegial very bonded groups mm-hmm. that I, mm-hmm. that I'd be interacting with and I'm thinking geez you know I, I wouldn't mind being part of this I got nominated a couple of years and finally I took the plunge and and was really really you know honored to be chosen to be to participate yeah. you know but there, there is this idea. That people are are you know in your group um, as groups form are really you know they're they're in there to support you the person you know mm-hmm. and and you know and and your business is part of that but there's this 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 kind of uh, you know at least in my group is this whole person view um, yeah. you know and people and 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 and, and as you can imagine as you stay together I mean I just think we've uh, you know um, sadly lost a member uh, tragically. Yes. Yep. Of our group, um, you know, people have been through all everything you can imagine, yeah. Yeah. and um, you know, it could be a reality TV show, but it is it is private, it's confidential, <laughs> Greg. So we can't right. talk about it, which which kind of gives it that appearance of cult. But 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 the reality is, you know, there's people looking out for each other, and um, and, and 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 as you as you know, I mean, it's not entrepreneurial uh, environment running a business is not a nine-to-five job. You don't walk out the door at 4 o'clock and, and, uh, and rub your hands off and say, that's it until tomorrow morning. Uh, it's very intertwined with your personal life. It's very intertwined 100%. with your family life. It's very intertwined with your community life. And, 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 and you have to think about it, make those decisions in that context. And so, uh, you know, issues in the business affect family, issues in the family affect business. And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, all of those things come on the table over this period of time that this group is together. And that's, uh, that's uh, I think, that, that um, openness and that willingness to, to uh, be vulnerable uh, is actually what, what uh, links and bonds people together. You know, in a little bit of our, uh, our show notes before getting you on, um, you talk a little bit about the transition to tr- retirement and um, and how exciting that can be, uh, yes. and that you're having the time of your life. Interesting to note that I've uh, I'm involved with another project called the Gray Wave, and yes. it's a it's a podcast as well um, yeah. that uh, a bunch of people that you probably know have been involved with, and we're yeah. talking about changing the narrative around the aging uh, population in Atlanta, yeah. Canada, because the media. Of course, dwells on the on the scary tsunami wave that's coming to destroy us, and uh, you know the baby boomers are as they retire are going to crush our economy. Uh, but we want to challenge that that's not the only narrative. That there's so much to give from that uh, that generation, from your generation giving back. Mm-hmm. There's so much mentorship opportunities uh, going both ways, uh, younger to older and older to younger. And so much productivity. And, you know, I, I, I'd just like to get your perspective in your personal journey as you're jumping into this world of mostly younger entrepreneurs in the, in the Wallace McKay Institute. It's not, yeah. it's not for young entrepreneurs, but it just no. s- seems to be the case. Yeah. Uh, and there must be a new energy for you in this. And maybe this isn't what you thought retirement was going to look like because probably, you're probably working more than you were 
I am, but I'm having a heck of a time. And, you know, I think there's been this, this false narrative about retirement, quite frankly. And I think we used to see these ads on TV about Freedom 55 and you would spend your life on the golf course or lying on the beach or doing something like that. And uh, and and that's not what retirement is. Retirement is 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 it's a trade expression. It's just a state of mind. But it it really is just a transition to something else. And the idea that you can go from being all in, all out during your professional or your working career, and all of a sudden come to a full stop, uh, it just doesn't just doesn't ring at all with me. And I and I don't think that is the experience uh, of many of, of my friends or my colleagues or people that I know or, or business people that I've uh, encounter on an ongoing basis. And uh, there really is there really is a, a, a desire uh, to become involved, to remain engaged. And you know, if you look at at uh, anybody would look back at their career, and there's been uh, there's been inflection points. There's been people who have helped them along the way that have mentored them. And uh, I don't think it's a trait at all uh, that that uh, these people, as they come to the end of whatever it is, uh, want to remain engaged and want to want to be involved. And I, I'm running into them all the time. It's uh, it's uh, I mean, I, I joke that when I retired, I had a choice. I could sit at Tim Hortons or some coffee shop and bitch about things going on in the world, or I could do what I'm doing. And here I am hanging around. I'm chair of the board of an incubator. I'm chair of the board of the Wallace McCain Institute. I founded and launched a venture capital fund here in Prince Edward Island and hearing pitches from talented, talented young people. So I get to hang around with all these uh, entrepreneurs and these young people that are doing some fascinating things. I mean, what a way to spend your retirement uh, doing that, as well as as making a contribution and fostering uh, economic growth. So it's a, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's in my mind, heck of a career. And I don't think I'm unique. Uh, if I look at the things that I'm involved in and see uh, gray hair, uh, no hair, uh, <laughs> people that are committing significant amounts of time to mentoring some of these companies, uh, I mentioned I founded and launched a venture capital fund here in the island. We have uh, 20 plus investors in that fund. Most of them are, or all of them are, successful business people. Some retired, many retired, uh, and see this as an opportunity to, uh, in an indirect way, be involved with supporting uh, new entrepreneurs that are, that are that are coming up. Uh, these uh, they're serving on boards. Uh, they're actively engaged with companies. So yes, there is a tremendous amount of productivity. There's a tremendous amount of of contribution. To, uh, to the economy in a different way than it was, but it's certainly not retirement as you would see in a Freedom 55 ad. Yeah, well, and, and how boring would that be, sitting on a golf course for every day? <laughs> well, you know, there's really good friends of ours that from uh, from uh, northern U.S. who retired to Florida, and a very professional couple, uh, very engaged uh, nationally and internationally in a bunch of different things, and they retired to this retirement village where they had their own golf cart and they drive around the golf cart with their name on it. And I said, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> please, please spare me from a, a day in and day out of that. And I, I, it, that's called purgatory. Is it not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And I, and I, and I, my, 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 all my golfing friends will probably don't listen to this podcast. So I'm fine. Um, but you, you know, you said that you don't feel you're unique in, 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 you know, this idea of transitioning. And I don't even know if retirement's the right word for the next phase is as i yeah. as we 
discuss it more like outside of this conversation and in this conversation. But, but I mean, I had this really great role model in my grandfather and yeah. he was an Anglican minister. And, um, I guess technically he retired from, from, you know, being, a you know, um, the minister of, of, of one, one particular diocese in somewhere in Ontario. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I think it was Peterborough, but, but I saw him, um, give his last sermon in well into his eighties. I think he was 88. Yeah. And and he he had this passion for learning and being involved in life, and he was such an amazing role model yeah. that I I never thought of it any other way. Yeah, um, yeah. So so as I listen to you, I just think I think I, I agree. I think there's a lot of people looking at it that way because there's so much you can contribute. And there's and and what's neat is that maybe maybe this stage, you know, if you're so fortunate and hope, and I'm imagining you are, um, but you, you know, it's it's that you can do all these wonderful things, but you don't have the same pressure on you know bringing in a certain amount of income. That, that's right, and uh, you know, I think that that is what that's allowed me is is a lot of 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 because I wasn't looking for anything. I'm not looking for a job. I'm not looking for a grant or anything like that. And so, when you're coming back and you genuinely have an interest in making a contribution uh, and to uh, doing what you can to to support uh, the entrepreneurial ecosystem, what it does is allow you uh, uh, access and and. Uh, and and people seeking out your input from government uh, ministers, uh, premier, uh, see you uh, in that role uh, in a in a uh, without an agenda, and right. I, I think that allows you to make an even greater contribution. Yeah. I think there's a you know I think that we that what you see there, it's really an eco- interesting economic transformation occurring, uh, moving away from large companies and large uh, employee bases to a to a much more dynamic uh, entrepreneurial economy, I think. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that in, in Atlantic Canada in many ways. And I think there's a desire, uh, you know, in, in, in to try to move away from this mindset that it's uh, government needs to support you or you're dependent on government grants and that, and to create an, a, an entrepreneurial ecosystem uh, that is self-sustaining and that is driving employment growth and is driving economic development. And a lot of the uh, the quote unquote retirees or senior advisors, however you want to term them, uh, that that's energizing. That's that's pretty energizing to be and, part and, of part of that. And it's also you know I I speak uh, <clears throat> speaking on on behalf of my father who uh, works uh, with my company as well as helping us out with the podcast business as well. And he's uh, oh, he kill me if I tell you his age. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's of the gray wave generation. And you know what? <laughs> I, I, he is the youngest guy I've, I've met, you know, and he, because he's around young people all yep. the time. And it's yeah. a, uh, there's, there's something really symbiotic about that concept. And it's uh, interesting. I didn't think that the conversation would go this way, but it's really cool that it has because I just see what you're doing, giving back to the young entrepreneurs with the Walsh McCain Institute as, um, inspirational for many other people in whatever their strengths are to give back to a younger, and when I say younger, it doesn't mean age necessarily, yep. but a younger in the path, like a sure. earlier stage path, uh, a journeyer, um, because there's so much that that older generation can give to the younger, but there's also so much inspiration in life and excitement that the younger can give to the older. You know, so uh, that's what we want to talk about on our on our Gray Wave yeah. podcast. And, and it's absolutely true. And not just in business. I happen to be an accountant. I have to be in business and entrepreneurialism. But it doesn't have to be. It can be in the arts. It can be in any mm-hmm. number of different areas. 
And and if you look at what's going, the the some of the entrepreneurs that we're seeing in Atlantic Canada now, the the landscape is so changed because those types of businesses no longer need to be local. So they're not just looking at at uh, at a market that's PEI or a market that's New Brunswick. It's a global marketplace now. So they have a real breadth of perspective and a and a and a whole uh, uh, opportunity out there uh, that they are they are looking to uh, us for uh, for uh, uh, for advice. They have not been there, but we, you know, there's a whole host of people in Atlantic Canada that have national international experience. So they're not just bringing the business advice; they're bringing that market perspective to young entrepreneurs in, uh, in Atlantic Canada who want to access those markets. What? So we just um, we're we're just wrapping up now, and this like there's just yep. you know all these questions I I want to ask about you know what it was like being the CEO and executive partner at Grant Thornton and that sort of thing. But we'll leave that for another time. Um, but what I would like to know is, um, you know, f- as chair, uh, income, yep. or I guess current chair of the Wallace McCain Institute, yep. what what is it that you want? You know, uh, you know, what's your vision? What do you want? What do you, what? How do you want to see um, your tenure? Like, what what is what are the goals that you have? Well, I think there's there's two or three things that that uh, that are there. First of all, is to take uh, Wallace McCain, which is a very strong and a very successful uh, organization, to take it beyond New Brunswick where it originated, and uh, we have uh, taken it to PEI. Uh, we have five participants from CEOs in the in the current uh, ELP group. Uh, we went from zero to nine uh, business people in PEI who are now sponsors of Wallace McCain. Uh, writing a check for $5,000 to support participants in this program. So first of all is to take it uh, across Atlantic Canada. Secondly, uh, it's been operating for 10 years. Uh, There are 250-some alumni. There are a host of companies and CEOs who are supporting Wallace McCain. There's a whole WMI community out there. How do we leverage that talent? How do we leverage uh, all of that activity so that they, uh, uh, you know, and what's, what's, in, what's next for them? So, so you have this community, and how can we leverage uh, what they're doing and have them work with each other? And of the companies that have gone through the program, some have been, uh, been uh, extremely successful. And what's next for them? What else can Wallace McCain Institute do for those uh, uh, high flyers uh, that are ready to take that even greater step? So those are the are the critical things that I think we have the opportunity to focus on now going forward, uh, and uh, of course we're looking also to ensure that we we have a program that reflects the diversity of the business community today. Well, that's great. Listen, thank you so much for for spending the time. Looking uh, forward to connecting with you in person as well next uh, whatever our next uh, big uh, you know full ELP Wallace McCain uh, event is going to be. Alex, I'm sure you'll you'll find Dave and I uh, quite easily. I, I will look we'll, we'll be for the ones break dancing uh, on the dance floor. I look for you, and I appreciate uh, your time, and thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much, thanks, uh, Alex, and we'll we'll continue chatting uh, very soon. Yeah, and, th- and big thanks as uh, as as part of the the institute, just for you know your, your, service on your that, yeah, right? and your leadership and in, in jumping on, and and it's really I can see why. Why Nancy, uh, who's the executive director, was you know excited about your your participation and wanted to get you on here. So we'll uh, we'll hopefully um, this will be one way people get to meet you. Uh, you know the other other members of of the, the institute. So thanks so much for taking the time and looking forward to to learning more and getting to know you uh, even better. Appreciate it. Take care now. See you, Alex. Bye bye. Cool takeaway.
Uh, you know, I did I let this whole um, idea of this just this transition into this next phase. Mm. You know what I mean? I love man? that. Like it's I, like I, I don't I don't like the idea. I don't like the word retirement. Retirement. I don't, I don't it sounds s- like death. I mean, like well, like, retire. You're, you're done. You're, you're yeah. I mean, it'd be kind of actually interesting to dig into what the genesis of that word. But I mean, like I I just don't. Um, I see the people. It's a transition to a next phase. You know, that's what it is. Now, some people maybe that that. That means being on the golf course and all that kind of stuff, and they love that. And good for them. That's great. It's just that's not my. But idea. you don't respect that. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't respect it in my for myself. Oh, I, I I I I find it interesting for others, um, but it's but it's but for for I think me and a lot of people, it's not at all motivating. <laughs> right. For some people, it's really motivating. Right. And remember kindness. You should be kind. You I know. know. Jeez, I know. I should be kinder to you. So that's that's the that's the takeaway. Um, I'm seeing a lot of it happen. We're inching. Ever so slowly, like molasses, <laughs> good reference as our last interview, um, towards this ourselves, this next phase. It's going to be here, and uh, and as I inch into it and move into it, I I like I think Alex is a good role model mm-hmm. of what that next phase can look like. Um, and by the way, as an entrepreneur. You and I, you know, there's no reason why that couldn't happen sooner than later. You never know, you know, there might be an exit from your company. There's a whole bunch of things that could cause that to happen, course, right? Yeah. So, so I've I've you've been thinking long and hard about it, and I just that, that was really helpful to hear his perspective. And for me, I, I'm just excited because, as you know, you know, our experience at the boiling point has inspired uh, this other project, the Gray Wave, which we've got probably five or six episodes in the can has not really been fully released yet, will be released probably by the time this, this particular episode and, gets and released. And by the way, just for, for context, is, is that is that Don, your father? My father, Don. And, yeah. And, is and he's, he's, he's the, he's the host. So we've already, he or has, sorry, interviewer. Yeah, he has interviewed Jerry Pond. Yeah. Uh, he, Jerry was our second uh, interviewee. Um, there's just a list of really interesting people <laughs> of that generation. Well, you're laughing at me because I'm, I'm not. Because you can't remember who they are. <laughs> you don't be very kind <laughs> to me right now. <laughs> Want me to open the door right now? Hold on. No. Marcus, is Don there? Okay. Look, <laughs> Don is becoming a, a, a regular sa- guest. Don's going to save you. Explain to us some of, the, some of the guests we have so far lined up on the gray wave. Wow, this is amazing. I'm just being pulled in out of, out of the office. <laughs> Lauren Brett was an amazing guest. Lauren Brett. <laughs> Greg can only remember one, by the way. Jerry, that's right. The other one was Jerry Pond, which yeah. you got. Yeah. Uh, also Keith Dow, and that was really that was our first episode. Yes, and he's a really interesting guest. Eighty years old, going on sixty or fifty or forty, whatever you choose, and a variety of others that I've just recently interviewed. Some ladies and some men. Dave, Dave thinks you don't remember who they are. You're so funny. Dave, you got to be kinder. Anyway, at the end of the day, uh, what, what everybody needs to... So the interview we just had um, was a really good interview talking about this this very thing. It was with our chair of uh, the Walsh McCain Institute, the new chair that took over from Francis McGuire's post, Alex McBeath, and he is exactly the gray wave type. Yes. So we talked about the gray wave. He, so he's, your, he's one of your... He's going to be one of, your, one of the guests. guests. So yeah. if anybody wants to pay attention to what's going on the gray wave, they can go to graywave.net, and by the time this episode drops, that will actually be a website. The domain has been purchased. So uh, check it out. And uh, thank you, uh, Don, for your entry. That was great. Well-timed. Yes, and the preparation was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for the beer and the cider. Appreciate it. And the chips. <laughs> so, Dave, how was that? 
Excellent. You're so funny. You well think that done. we don't know what's going well. on here. Jeez, throwing us on the bus. Look at that. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we'll see you next week. Actually, really exciting guest yes. next week. Um, talk about legacy New Brunswick brands. Somebody has revived oh, yeah. a very, very important uh, New Brunswick brand. It has something to do with the Heart Shoe Company. Cool. Which has a lot of deep history in the province of New Brunswick. We'll talk to you next week, man. See you, man. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.